The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined today by first Patrick McDonald. Patrick, good to see you. Good to see you guys as well. I uh, I don't think us three have been together for uh, a think tank episode per se. Uh, so looking forward to it. Uh, Kyle Porter is here. Both of you on the road. Much appreciate you you checking in for the latest of Live Golf. Hello, Kyle. Yeah, I'm in I'm in Colorado, uh, getting a little family time in, but also getting some work in. It's, uh, I left Dallas. It was like 96 degrees and we got here and it was like 45. So very, very good, very good change of pace. Good thing you've got that open championship beanie on. Uh, Kyle, I'm also, I'm not going to ask too much of you today. I'm going to ask you to put on your, uh, to be an antitrust attorney. I'm going to ask you to be a defamation uh, attorney. I'm going to ask you to be a network executive. I'm going to ask you to be uh, the commissioner of a of a golf league. And if you want to throw in your political takes along the way, I'd be more than happy to accept them. Well, I tweeted out the uh, the Fox Sports story that Eamon Lynch wrote the other day, and DJ Pajowski responded and said, "You would make this political," <laughs> <laughs> which I I thought was perfect. Uh, so we've been we got up here with the kids, and we've been doing crossword puzzles that are um so like mildly difficult for me but impossible for them because they don't know all the words right they don't understand the the definitions they don't understand any of the stuff but they've still jumped into it and they know a couple words here or there it's exactly how i feel about all these uh, or that's exactly how i feel about all these lawsuits it's like i can pick up a couple words i don't really know what's going on and 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 it's some of it's fun because it's dramatic right but some of it and you guys probably feel this way too. It's frustrating because it's like, I I don't even know what this means, you know? And then you have to like do some research and you maybe get it right. And I don't know, it, it's been a, it's been a weird year and we've got two new lawsuits since we last talked, which is, which is just <laughs> outrageous. This is a lawsuit podcast now, Patrick. That's, that's where, that's where we're at. Golf, golf has just expanded from these 45 events that we get every year from Thursday to Sunday to everything else on the slate that we're going to discuss right now. Exactly. And then we have, you know, a letter to the OWGR chairman like that. That's happened recently. It's just a whole like, it's a cluster of just madness where I mean, the lawsuits really like if I put on my lawyer hat, any merit at all, I mean, probably not. So it's, it's tough to understand. It's also tough to understand when kind of the backing of it doesn't really make sense in the first place. Well, I, I, I real quick, can I jump in, Rick? I, I've got a question for you guys because, and maybe this is more for Patrick because Rick and I have talked about this, but I saw Rory said, Hey, everybody needs to like sit down at the table and come together and whatever. I, I don't know what that means. Right. Like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how all this plays out over the next 18 months, Patrick. And I just don't, I'm, I'm curious if you, like when you hear, cause Rory's not the only player or person to say that it's been, you know, sort of, uh, proposed by other people, whether players or fans or whatever. It's like, Hey, we need to make this all work. And it's like, well, what is that? And and this is, this is like tied to all the lawsuit stuff because not making it work looks like suing each other. Right. And yeah. so what does, what does making it work or like coming together even look like as you sort of think about everything that's going on? 
It's a fantastic question. And I think for Rory, he's like, I mean, at the offset of it, right at at the Genesis Invitational, he's like, this thing will blow over, be gone in a few months and slowly but surely JP McManus came. He kind of said something similar to what he said uh, this week at the Alfred Dunhill. And then last week, Patrick Cantlay said something like in 10 years, we're all kind of just going to laugh at this. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's more of a I think it's kind of funny how all of them mentioned Dustin Johnson. They're like, we really miss DJ out here just because he's kind of done it right in regards to live where he's not in the spotlight, pushing all this stuff forward. He's playing golf. He's fishing. He's got his money. He's having fun. He's playing pretty good golf, by the way. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be something like the Scottish open almost between live in the PGA tour and the DP world tour, where it's like co-sanctioned events. That's not going to happen in probably Jay Monahan's lifetime, kind of his stance on the whole matter. And I don't know if it's, I mean, the major championships are kind of here to stay for the live players, but they are having an increasingly difficult time to qualify for those outside of the DP world tour events. So I don't know if it's their way of saying, I know Rory said the, you know, they do deserve OWGR points, but they can't change the rules at the same time type of deal. I don't know if it's, I don't know, like, to be honest with you, I I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird to have these two forces butting heads and saying, Oh, we'll get along eventually. And kind (laughs) of, I think we need to have the dust settle where, but I don't know if the dust will ever settle type of deal, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and these, it's just going to be contentious forever, despite people saying like, oh, you know, in time, cooler heads will prevail. There might n- never be cooler heads. So I think it's extremely difficult to answer your question. And I absolutely just did not at all. <laughs> Perfect. That's what we, that's what we do around here generally. <laughs> uh, all right, let's jump into this. So let's go back a couple of months. Remember that live golf and like 11 players sued the PGA tour. That's when we got the live look in to the courtroom of uh, Beth Labson Freeman. Remember her, remember her as a character in this, you know, that's season one of all of this. Well, um, P the PGA tour has filed a counter suit uh claiming that live golf has induced golfers to breach existing contracts quote kyle for astronomical sums of money to induce them to breach their contracts with the tour in an effort to use live players and the game of golf to sports wash the recent history of saudi atrocities and to further the saudi public investment funds vision 2030 initiatives end quote uh, that's quite the claim. It is. I, I think a lot of it is, is, is fluff. I mean, the sports washing and the 2030 thing, it's like, is that provable or enforceable? I don't know. The part that I think people should pay attention to is the breach of contract on the PGA tours side. And the thing that I'm struggling with Rick is like, these players don't have contracts with the PGA tour, right? They, they enter, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe the maybe the word contract is being used loosely um, because they enter into as members. They sort of agree to what's in the player handbook, right? And maybe right. that's being that's being used as a sort of uh, like like a, the player handbook is essentially the contract, like saying, okay, this is what I agree to or commit to. And so I'm curious that that was the only part that I didn't really understand because I think that's going to be just as a lay person who doesn't understand the law at all. It seems like that would be something that's kind of difficult to, to parse out in, in a, in a court of law. So I think this kind of goes back a little bit, Patrick, to the PGA tour banning these golfers who left for live. Because if you remember uh, through already through some of this discovery, we have seen the text messages that Greg Norman sent to Sergio Garcia in particular, which he said, quote, they cannot ban you for one day, let alone life. It is a shallow threat. Ask them to put that in writing to you or any player. I bet they don't happy for anyone to speak with our legal team to better understand. They have no chance of enforcing end quote. That's the text from, Sharky, 
to Sergio, uh, which I think <laughs> I think is the kind of the crux of all this, right? You know, Liv saying, okay, you can't you can't ban these guys from the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour saying, oh, yes, we can. They agreed to this handbook, these rules and regulations. They went outside of this. Now it is my um, prerogative as the commissioner to ban them. Sharky, I didn't know you guys were close like that. Rick. Well, that's what Sergio calls him. So I figured I'd, uh, you know, put you in the moment there, make you feel that's like a, you were really reading that text. That's a great callback, Rick. That's so yeah. good. I forgot about that. Uh, the whole whole contract situation, like Kyle said, it's it's extremely interesting to me, just because, I mean, from a thousand million feet away, I used to be a contractor of sorts, and I kind of thought about it from like federal consulting standpoint where, okay, I was with Deloitte. I was contracted to the DEA. I'm not a narc, I swear, but I could also be contracted to the postal service in the treasury as well, but under that Deloitte umbrella. And I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, you know, do these live guys have any merit to this at all? It's like, no, cause technically they'd be under that umbrella. It doesn't work that way with the various tours. So the countersuit for me, it, it's just more, there's just so much noise around it that truthfully, I, I don't understand it all. I'm not going to pretend like I have a law degree because I don't. And I'm not going to pretend that every single word in it made sense to me because it didn't. But the contract situation, like Kyle said, I think it, it has to be loosely interpreted uh, just because they don't sign contracts. It's just that player handbook. And so I don't know how much like merit right well, what, go real quick go back to the what were you saying about the umbrella thing explain that again so like at deloitte you could i could be contracted to various clients at the same time like that's fine but it's under the deloitte umbrella so i'm working for you know postal service drug enforcement administration treasury irs all at the same time but it's under the deloitte umbrella if i went away and started my own uh, thing i could also do that but they're under the PGA tour umbrella because they're members. Right. But yeah, it's difficult because they don't sign contracts. So it, it is a gray area almost, but if you can int- interpret that handbook as a contract, then the PGA tour is in the right. So th- this is where I want to jump in with what I think a solution could look like because it dovetails with what Patrick is saying here. And this is something I've been yelling about for a couple of months now, Rick, and I don't, there has to be a good reason that the PGA tour has not done this. So let's, let's take live out of it. Let's say you have the best player on the Asian tour or the sunshine tour or wherever, and they want to play like that's their home tour. They play on the Asian tour. They play on the sunshine tour. If they want to play on the PGA tour also, they can if they if they qualify for it but but according if your home tour is elsewhere you have to play 15 events on the PGA tour and the reason for that as i understand it is the media rights stuff right like you you can't you can't uh sustain a tour like the PGA tour if you just have people hopping in and out at a whim so because you have to be able to go to a network and say, Hey, like, these are the guys that are, that are, that are like, these are our rules. This is what's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then they're breaking the rules. Right. So there's a, there's a lot going on there with me bundling all these players into a media contract with CBS or NBC or golf channel or whoever. And so I think my question all along, Patrick is, has been, why don't the PG like Dustin Johnson's home tour now is live. Great. That's fine. I, I don't, whatever go go do that and he's done it well like you said one of the pga tour just raise its its restrictions on if you if your home tour is another tour raise the restriction to like you got to play 17 events to be able to be a pga tour remember we've seen guys seen martin keimer lose his card we've seen i think tommy fleetwood lose his card because they didn't play enough events and their home tour was elsewhere just raise the limit a little bit those guys are, dustin johnson's not going to play 29 events a year right and so you you are you going to get some sponsor exemptions where dj plays a random pga tour event sure that seems a lot easier to deal with than all this other stuff and i just don't understand why they don't go that route it doesn't solve your 
like sort of in the moment problem, but I think it does solve uh, maybe what the future looks like. Oh, I'm in. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I'm in complete agreement with that, where a few more events for, you know, some of the top players, I think they'd much rather go down that avenue than kind of what's happening right now in in the court of law. So I'm with you 100% where I guess they're trying to do that with this new schedule, right? These players are playing 20 events. Uh, So I I guess they kind of did it almost like after the fact, but at the onset of it, why weren't they just like, all right, fine, you can play for live, but you know, we're going to make your life miserable almost where you're going to be traveling. I mean, what, 52 weeks, 38 weeks out of the year or something like that. Um, yeah. Last, last thing on this. Does it, does it mean anything? Is it noteworthy at all that there are only three plaintiffs remaining on this live golf case, Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Jones, Peter Uline, uh, while Phil Mickelson, Ian Poulter, Hudson Swafford, Taylor Gooch, Abe Anser, Carlos Ortiz, Pat Perez, and Jason Kokrak uh, have all asked a judge to remove them uh, from that antitrust case. Is that interesting, noteworthy, special, anything? What just like a random assortment of players almost. <laughs> <laughs> like I just drew names out of a hat, right? <laughs> like outside of the whole live spear, Peter Uline, Matt Jones, and Bryson, what did, like, what do they have in common? Like, <laughs> You think they ever talked to each other before? <laughs> um, no, I, 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 it is I don't know weird. what that means. Like, it, it's almost like I would expect either all or, or nothing. Like the middle is weird to me because once Liv joined, it's like, okay, well, that that's sort of what we're actually talking about here is Liv against the PGA Tour. I don't know why. I, I don't know why Peter Uri is still in like a, a plaintiff. <laughs> like I, what, what is... I don't know what he's necessarily gaining from that. Uh, so yes, I, I I don't know if it means anything, but I think it's kind of strange as it stands right now. Maybe they'll eventually all drop out, but I think it's kind of odd right now. Uh, discovery in this case is scheduled to begin this month and the trial is set for January of 2024. So uh, if this goes to trial, we are a 15 month, 15 months away from that. So have you guys want have you guys wondered in. if any any of your like DMs or texts will end up in Discovery? I don't know how that happens. I don't oh, know how that works. That'd be so good. I think I think they're more likely to show up in Discovery of the next lawsuit that we'll talk about later, the Patrick Reed one, uh, where I could I, I you know, oh boy, I've said some things. Um maybe that's I think I have a higher chance of showing up there than I do here. I might be yeah. in the Reed corner. I've been a big fan of his on Twitter uh <laughs> in the past. I'm still I'm still clean, not blocked yet. You're, 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 you're in the minority there. <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's talk a little golf here because Live Golf did announce their team format. And I will remind people, um, it's going to be a sprint for Live because they have three events remaining, I believe, and they're all in October. So like yeah. you're going to get a lot of live golf here in the next couple of weeks. So they announced this format, which bear with me here. I'm going to try to talk through this. Um, it's three days long Friday, the first round team seated one through four receive a buy teams, five through 12 play head to head match play. Uh, the higher ranked teams can select their opponents it's a shotgun start as we would normally see. I'm just trying to see what else is going on. They have a mix of two singles matches and one alternate shot match. Um, th- there's kind of a lot going on here, Patrick. It's a little, it's a little, and that's just Friday, by the way. Yeah, I think uh, what the rumor on the street is they kind of had to change the whole format uh, for the TV deal. And I mean, objectively, I think it's kind of sick just because it's different. And the top teams can essentially point to like Chase Kepka and be like, oh, like we want all of you right <laughs> here, right now, like easy pickings. So I, I like that it's almost personal in the way where the top teams get to pick, pick on the worst teams and they can kind of bite them in the butt. Uh, but yeah, it, there's a ton going on with alternate shot and two singles matches, but it's kind of like the new girl at school where it's different. It's new. So you got a lot of, a lot of fireworks and pizzazz around oh, it. But okay. Will it ever wear off? Probably, but just cause it's so different. I, 
I'm like light to the fly, shiny new object. I so, love. so for the the dull people like myself who is having trouble figuring this out. So four players on each team. So two of them play as singles. The other two play in the alternate shot match. So that's three total matches. Each match receives one point. And then Kyle teams that earn two points on Friday, they get to go to Saturday. Yeah. So I, I'm with Patrick. I give, I give, and I, I, man, I've tried to be fair ish about all this. Like Liv has done some stuff that, that's great that the two that honestly the PGA tour should look at and be like, we should be doing that with better players and a, and a, you know, a a more robust infrastructure. And the tour is like all, it's not a tour specific problem. It's, it's like all big organizations. It's hard to steer a, you know, an ocean liner versus a speedboat, right? Live is live is, is at the helm of a speedboat. And is all of this going to be uh, p- potentially difficult to explain? Remember when Steve Sands used to have the whiteboard and and he would do, be doing like calculus while there's like four players on the bad nine at the at East Lake, and you're yep. like, what are we doing here? That's a little bit what this feels like. But if you can explain it, I I got to give them credit for being just a little bit creative with what they're doing. You know, I I, I think we've been critical of the tour in the past of like, Hey, be, be, be a little creative with the tour championship. It doesn't, it got made up 15 years ago. It doesn't have to always look like this, you know? And, and now, now it's a net event, which is just a whole other thing. But, uh, I, I give live credit for, um, being creative with their format. And if it's presented in the right way, I w- I think it could be actually really, really interesting to follow. Saturday, becomes the semifinals where teams seated one through four, they received a buy on Friday. They now join everybody else on Saturday for the semis. And we go through another round of this highest ranked teams select their opponents. Same thing, two singles matches, one alternate shot match. And again, the four teams uh, that earn two points advance to the championship. That championship will then be played on Sunday. And then this is where we flip the script again here patrick because the four winning teams if you get to the championship it's back to stroke play um which all four scores count towards the team score and then the lowest team score at the end of sunday is your live golf invitational series team champion woo yeah and it's like a hundred and it's like a hundred billion dollars i think if you win it (laughs) <laughs> that I don't know if Pat Perez is going to get any sleep that Saturday night. You know, he's going to have to step up big for them. His score is finally counting. What uh, if you shoot a What if you shoot a fifty four an alternate shot? What do you? How much money do you win? Uh, who knows? They, that would be they, you don't. You don't get to. Uh, they don't give you money. You just get your first pick of uh, your residence on the line. <laughs> oh, the line. The line. <laughs> I, I legitimately great. thought that was a movie trailer when that video came out. <laughs> I think everybody did. Uh, I'm uh, like, yeah, like, like, like we've said thus far, I, I do like the format. I'm almost like a little disappointed. They just go back to stroke play for the finale. Yeah. You know, why not just keep a good thing rolling? Uh, but yeah, I guess it's kind of to see who the complete team is, which I don't know, four aces could be in trouble. Well, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it's a little bit of, um, I think, I think match play and, and listen, like you can't hide when all four scores count in stroke play, but you really can't hide in match play. Right. And, and we saw that at the president's cup with, you know, somebody like a Corey Connors, who is a good player, but he just didn't have it and he couldn't, there's nowhere to hide. And I think that's, that's compelling. You know, I think that's really interesting. So I'm with Patrick. I wish they would, I wish they would, I think the match, play stuff is super interesting and I wish they would keep it and maybe even lean into it for the championship. I mean, only one day worth of, I mean, we saw the internationals beat the Americans both Saturday and Sunday. I don't know if they won Sunday, but they won the weekend, but you know what I mean? Like you could get some pretty significant upsets playing three matches on one day in this format. Couldn't you, you could get some pretty big upsets. Yeah. With, I mean, one singles alternate shot is kind of wild. Yeah, I mean that that yeah. that could go any which way, uh, and you could kind of hide 
I guess your worst player, you can just sacrifice a singles match and be like, all right, these three can go to work. But then you have to win the other two. Yeah. But like, there is a way to hide someone. If you're like, I mean, we got Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, and Dustin Johnson. I think we'll be okay if we put Pat Perez into singles. That we're we're, we're going to be or, or Patrick, you Patrick is going to be. Singles. You're going to be the main guy in the Pat Perez uh, defamation case coming up soon. I mean, I, it's coming out of a place of love, you know. Us Patrick's got to live together or uh, work, you know stick together, right? I mean, Reed Perez McDonald. It's a three headed monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Any final thoughts on this team format before we talk uh, TV deals and defamation? <laughs> what a world! Uh, no, I think it's I think it's good. Good on them for being creative. I hope I hope the tour. Um, you know, I think it's easy to kind of hold your nose up in the air and sneer at at other stuff like this. And there's a lot that I disagree with about Live, but I, I hope the tour. Uh, sees the people that that this is an interesting format and and maybe goes to it in in some other instances other than just President's Cup and and the Dell match play. Okay, we will chat uh, where you may be able to watch live golf on television and also a lot about Patrick Reed. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code first at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. Live Golf nearing a TV deal with Fox uh, Sports. And maybe more specifically, it seems like it's going to be Fox Sports 1. Uh, this is after weeks of talking with every single uh, network that would listen to them. Greg Norman said he was fielding, quote, intense interest from media companies. And he said that they had four different networks with live conversations where offers were being put on the table. Um, it seems as if they are going to partner here with Fox Sports, but Patrick, the big thing, the big thing is that this is a, a essentially an ad buy. Live will pay to be broadcast on television as opposed to the opposite, where a network would pay to be able to broadcast uh, the sport, and they'll also be on the hook for production costs and selling their own ads, which is fairly rare. And like 
there's obviously a stench around live who who is going to want to advertise on that broadcast of theirs uh just probably pxg they they advertise everywhere else (laughs) and they do have some i mean they got p reed huddy they they got a few guys there so yeah that will be a loud broadcast i guess but it's i don't know it's it's extremely difficult yeah broadcast (laughs) louder there's there's a lot of uh cohesion there but i saw something did did poker start out the same way where they had to pay i i I have no idea uh landscape of poker is yeah i mean originally they would they they bought time on I don't know, ESPN or whoever else would, would allow them to. Uh, and then the, I don't know if they were on the hook for selling ads or production or anything like that. That's, that's fairly uncommon, but uh, yeah, they, they bought time. And, and Kyle, you know, this is obviously much different from saying, Hey, we're, we're engaging in a bidding war for people to show us. But um, I mean, I assume there are a lot of net positives of being able to be found on network television outside of just YouTube. Yeah, there, I think there's three different things going on here with this report. Uh, I think the first thing, I mean, listen, it's it's easy to kind of poo-poo on the fact that they had to buy or they're having to buy at, uh, TV time to put their product on the air. But I don't know, man, like they got their product on the air after like four months. Like that's it's, it's kind of a... I don't know if it's impressive because they're, you're, you're essentially just throwing money around, but organizationally, I think it's meaningful. Uh, I think the thing that bothers me, and this is the second thing, is it, it's like, fine, buy your ad space, do your thing. Don't go around talking about how like everybody wants your product. Like, what, what, what do you, what is that, what, what is that doing? You know, like that's just, it, it just adds to the, ickiness of the whole thing like it just feels like listen like if you if you're a startup and you want to say hey we're going to build this over several years it's not going to be a finished product in year one or year two we're really working on that we're but they they come out of the gate thumping their chest like they're bigger and badder than the pga tour and it just doesn't engender a lot of sympathy from anybody you know us most of all And, and so i that that bugs me. And then the third thing is this weird, and I don't know what to do with all this, but you've got this weird Trump, Jared Kushner, uh, Greg Norman, MBS, quadrilateral. And, you know, Kushner got $2 billion from this, the public investment fund, which is also funding this golf league. And then he's calling around trying to get the the you know, the live league on different state. I don't, I don't know if he was responsible, but he was certainly involved in uh, sort of being the front man for this product, but he's also getting paid. And then his father's father-in-law is getting paid also to host the events at his courses. It's really strange. Like all of it is, is very incestuous. And I think when people are like, Oh, don't make this political. It's like, (laughs) what do you want me to do? Like they, that's all it is. Like that's, that's at, at the forefront of what it is. So I thought all of that was, was really kind of it, not surprising, but also kind of odd. I think what, <clears throat> one of the big reasons that these conversations generally create a lot of enthusiasm in one direction or another is live golf is political by design. That, that is, um, that's a feature. It's not a bug. Right. I mean, they're going to Trump courses. They uh, both Greg Norman and Bryson DeChambeau have made appearances on Fox News uh, advocating for for this league and for essentially the Saudis. And then as we kind of read in this report, uh, Patrick, Fox Sports did not really want to get involved with this. And it kind of took Jared Kushner making a phone call up the ladder at Fox Corporation uh, to even hammer out this deal. And, and Kyle already outlined, you know, the other strings that attach all of this to, to Donald Trump and everything and everything. I mean, this is to me, I mean, this is political by design, which might be which might be a good plan for Live Golf because you're going to get some section of the American public that's a built in fan of it that way. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the perfect kind of encapsulation of it all was what that uh that Boston playoff when the guy got hit, flipped his hat around when he was uh talking on the broadcast. And oh yeah. That that's kind of that so weird. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. He was a, he was a crisis actor. <laughs> One of the many weird parts of live thus far, but it's I mean, they're they're getting attention in kind of the most polarizing way this day and age. I mean, it's already a polarizing product is to become even more political, right? It gets everyone talking about it. You get free space and, you know, people's minds essentially. And so I don't want to say it's a smart decision, but if your goal is to get as many eyeballs on you and as many people talking about you kind of, kind of is almost. And so it's just crazy how it has become essentially like one side of the aisle against the other when it's when we're talking about, you know, what support you have for which golf league. Uh, I I never thought we we would get here, but (laughs) my my favorite part. My favorite part is uh, the PGA Tour, known for its uh, years of wokeness, is now the woke organization, right? Like that's, <laughs> that, to me, is the craziest part. <laughs> okay, so I said this. I, I, it is. It's insane. I said this in our uh, this group chat that I'm in uh, with some guy. Shane Bacon's in there, which I know we're going to talk about him in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, I said the OWGR should become the, like, people should start calling it the official woke golf rankings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somebody in that chat was like, Hey, don't give that to the live bots for free. So uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that out there, but if, if, uh, if people start calling it that, you know where it originated. That's pretty good. Okay. So we've got a uh, TV deal coming with, with Fox sports. Let's pivot to the Patrick Reed saga. So if you remember uh, there was a lawsuit against Brandel Chambly and the golf channel uh, that was filed in a Texas for how much, for how much money, Rick, right? Um, 750 million, which Kyle, um, that like, what is the golf channel? And uh, I, I mean, 750 million, like anything over, you know, 10 million is a lot of money or whatever. This is such an outrageous sum. It's, it's almost hard to take the entire thing seriously. Just looking at the figure. I think that's, I think that's encapsulates it really well. And it, it's even more difficult to take it seriously. If you read through the original, I haven't, I haven't seen the new sort of filing, but the original filing was just preposterous. I mean, the, the, like the misspellings and the puncture, I mean, it was just, it was like, it looked it, like an act of insanity. And I think the, the 750 million is, is a representation of that. So it's, it's just, what, what are we, what are we, why are we doing this? What are, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Uh, I, I don't, it just feels like a huge waste of time, but, I, and I don't really understand like is is Patrick Reed taking it seriously? Does he really think he's going to get some sort of like like why why would you even enter into that? You know, it, 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 I, that's the part that I don't understand. Just play your golf, win another Masters, go win a U.S. whatever. Um, you, you're you're a you've had a good career, a really successful career, and then all of a sudden it's just this sideshow thing that I guess is part of his. Whole aura. I, I don't know. The whole thing is very, very strange. Sorry, Patrick. I thought you were going to jump in there. No, uh, it kind of reminds me of like last summer where like Bryson and the media were kind of at odds during like he wouldn't talk during the FedEx Cup playoffs at all. Kind of. Um, and it's like I was at Caves' first event I ever co- covered. Shout out. Um, it was an experience, but it's like talking to his manager and kind of seeing them interacting where they're buddy buddies. It's like, there needs to be an adult in this room (laughs) and there isn't. And, you know, I don't want Justine coming at me or Patrick, you know, I I have a great relationship with them. Uh, But there needs to be an adult in the room in the Reed household. And and there just isn't. And it, it makes no sense. Like you said, Kyle there, I mean, it's just completely baseless. And it's like, what, what is the end goal? Because $750 million, like, come on, man. Like, you know, ESPN Monday night throwback. Come on, man. Like, seriously, this is what we're doing right now. 
the there was a weird like 15 minute period Kyle last night um yeah. where the news broke that this defamation suit was withdrawn from Texas federal court and everyone was like oh, okay uh, finally some semblance of sense in all of this okay here are a couple of memes here are a couple of jokes yada 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 15 minutes later <laughs> <laughs> the new breaks that no, this suit has just been refiled in district court in Florida and more uh, have been added to the claim. Eamon Lynch, Shane Bacon, Damon Hack. So uh, this is, I guess, not winding down. It's speeding up. I don't know. Well, so a couple of things. Did you see the, I think Garrett Morrison tweeted it out, but the uh, call the ambulance, but not for me meme. <laughs> yeah, that's that good. was an all timer. That's good. <laughs> that was unbelievable. The thing like, okay, I, 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 I understand Reed. Well, I don't understand Reed <laughs> suing anybody, but I do understand Reed popping back at Brandel or Amon. Uh, you know, they, they've been pretty, they, they've ridden pretty hard against him at times, which a lot of us have. I don't, the Shane Bacon and Damon Hack thing is like, what did they do? <laughs> like they were just on the air. They were just on the TV screen when this was happening or what? I don't, I, I don't. It's by association. It, it, and, and, and it's sort of like, well, why not just throw like, why not just name every golf media member? Because they're though i mean i i have probably been more critical of patrick Reed than shane bacon has you know i i it, it was just i don't know man like it, it's it's so weird and we were joking about how this group chat that we've had going for like eight years now like buddy if this gets deposed we're all screwed like i don't i don't know i don't know how this is gonna go uh so i yeah it's the whole thing is odd kyle you sound uh Almost upset that you're not on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to be. On yeah, it. you've been be, left out. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near it. I just the 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 bacon and and Damon Hack thing just fell out of nowhere. I, I don't. It, the original, even the original one, made more sense when it was just him and Brando. You're like, okay, what? This is stupid, but at least it sort of makes sense based on what has like reality. You know, what is that like? What has been said? This just is like not even based in reality. It's it's fantasy land. Yeah, it's like he turned on Golf Channel one day, saw them host Golf Today, and we're like, ah, let's add them. What the hell? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. But like he started naming <laughs> random people at Golf Channel. Uh, worth noting, uh, Reed's attorney. Larry Clayman um, has a winless record in basically anything he's ever done and had his law license suspended uh, two weeks ago for, for 18 months uh, for a case that he mishandled. Uh, so I'm you know only being represented by the best here, but Clayman would go on to say, quote, neither Chambly, Hack, Bacon, Lynch, and NBC's golf channel itself, nor any of their alleged co-conspirators, that's probably you, Kyle, such Maybe. as... The PGA and DP World Tour are above the law and they will finally have their day of legal reckoning before Lady Justice ends. <laughs> that I got that. Uh, so I got a uh, press release essentially from the law office of Larry Clayman, <laughs> which I don't know how I got on there. I, I don't want to be on there. Take me off if, if you're listening <laughs> to this, Larry. Uh, and that was the last paragraph. And I was just howling. I mean, they will get their day. What, what did it say? Their day of their day of legal reckoning before Lady Justice. Yes, and he put Lady. He put Lady Justice in quotes. Right. It's just incredible, incredible stuff. Like he, if you would have pitched this to any of us on Jan, in, on like the beginning of January, hey, these are here's like this is going to happen. And it's going to be like the twenty eighth weirdest thing that happens this year. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. We would have been fiberglassed, and yet. Here we are, beginning of October, and it's it's not even in the top twenty. I don't think of weird things that have happened. This has such like Saul Goodman vibes, but Saul was actually like good at his job. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the difference here. But it, like it feels just like that. Like this this yeah. grand this this grand scene that that he's made. Uh, it's just it's 
I, well, I don't even, what happens next? Do we have any idea? I'm looking for like what the timeline of this is, what, like, I don't even know how something like this works moving forward. All I know is it needs to be on Zoom, like <laughs> the TRO one, because that one, and they need to open the chat. Like that needs to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> the TRO one was way more compelling than I thought it would be. It was, it was entertaining. Can we just assign, can we just get Beth Freeman on a retainer and just have her run all these? Oh, she's the best. No, no. She's the best. She was awesome. Um, okay. I got a, I got a, I got a message about her. Somebody had played golf with her at Tory. <laughs> yeah. Any good? She plays golf. Any good? Yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but th- this person had played golf with her at Tory and said, she's awesome. She's good at golf. And she understands like the professional landscape really well. Wow. Played yeah. golf with her recently? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, last couple of years, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's a tough scene for the the live lawyer who said the API was in like Ohio. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Freeman's like, actually, <laughs> yeah. you got your, you got your uh, PJ Tour legends mixed up there. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Well, that's four big bullet points coming out of uh, live golf world. Is there anything I miss or anything we must discuss uh, before we get out of here must discuss uh the whole owgr letter was just another another spindle to this all but uh, uh, like i, I hate I, to I say well, okay rick, can i do my owgr thing real quick go ahead go ahead rick i was just gonna say i hate to say it greg norman does not have a he's like oh for three here on can the tour suspend you? Absolutely not. He was wrong about that. About how the TRO would hold up, he was wrong about that. About how the OWGR, he was wrong, been wrong about that. And about all the suitors he was going to have with the broadcast, kind of wrong about all that. I'm not sure he's got a great handle on everything that's going on right now. The the No, you're right. The OWGR thing, it, it's if you stop and think about it for like 10 seconds, and I, I, I said this last two weeks ago, I think, but if you start giving out OWGR points based on who's in a field, then you, you're going to have to give OWG. Somebody said the JP McManus program should get OWGR points. And that's, that's the logic that's being used here. You can't do that. You cannot do it. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense because you're, you're not – you're not setting any parameters for what the OWG, like there has to be an objective parameter for what the OWGR is. It can't just be based on, well, Dustin Johnson's playing 36 holes with Wayne Gretzky on Friday. Like they should get an OWGR point. Like that's, that is illogical. And (laughs) I get people's frustration with Cam Smith and DJ losing in the OWGR thing. But Rory said this, like make your, make your tournaments. There are, Parameters set for a reason so that you compare, you can compare apples to apples across the globe. That's why the OWGR exists. And if you don't like the o- people talk about the OWGR, I have talked about the OWGR, like it's the end all be all. It doesn't, the OWGR was invented like 30 years ago. It doesn't even matter. The, the only thing that matters here is major championship status. And major championships can just say they can make they can make the their parameters whatever they want. It doesn't have to be OWGR points. So I don't know. That whole argument is just so illogical to me and frustrating. Yeah, the idea that just because a great golfer is playing somewhere, that opens you up to a lot of problems too, right? I mean, the Taylor made could put on a series of eight events with just the 12 Taylor made guys and get OWGR points and guarantee like that. It doesn't make any sense. There has to be something within the system. Well, and the, and the, the rebuttal to that Rick is the hero world challenge should not get OWGR points for sure. And I agree. I, it <laughs> for <shouldn't>. sure. <laughs> I think it's not, it's not a great look that it does. I agree. So Kyle, I bounced this idea off you a couple months ago. OWGR was kind of like their biggest hurdle live right to kind of being a legitimate golf organization. And they have ties with the Asian tour already. I want to know, like, could they have just bought the Asian tour from the start and kind of changed, you know, essentially made 12, I don't want to say like WGCs, but 12 events in that Asian tour schedule 
and made it live almost. Before you I, reply, Kyle, that that was I'm pretty sure we thought that's what they were going to do. When we remember how this has evolved, and when they did that, like, hey, big investment or right before, I think that's what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of problems to that, namely that you have to get players to play in the regular events so that they can qualify for your WGCs on the Asian tour. And nobody wants to play more than the four, you know, whatever. There, there's a lot of logistical problems, but yeah, like in that, if that was the scenario, depending on what the specifics were, I could be talked into them getting OWGR points there. Like, I, I don't think that's an irrational route to take to get, and I, and I don't, I don't think the WGCs, like, I think they should get OWGR points. Like there was a, there was a way to qualify in there and not just, you know, handpick 48 guys and then just throw OWGR points at them. That that's, you can do that. That's totally fine. It just, it can't exist inside the, the system that the OWGR has set up. Yeah. And then second thing, second thing, do you think we ever get to a point where the major championships are like top five from live gets an exemption this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I don't know if it'll be in the next three years. Okay. Right. If live it now, the majors, the majors are incentivized greatly to do nothing. And I do not see any reason why, why they would come in and I just, I don't think there's any incentive to do it. I think I agree with Kyle just because they're now the only four weeks where you have the potential to get every best player. Well, the the reason Rick, the reason that I think this is because I think I've been pretty consistent on this. I think the real lawsuit is live against the OWGR. Right. And I think they have a legitimate argument that if OWGR, well, they have a legitimate argument if they change their format, but if yeah. they change their format and then OWGR is still boxing them out, which maybe they wouldn't, but I, I think they have a legitimate like collusion type argument to where the majors would sort of be forced to say, fine, we'll like let your top three guys in. So that means we're not colluding anymore and we can just move on. Right. And Maybe that's not how it plays out, but I think there's a world in which that that path could be taken. There is, and and I th- certainly there is a world where that exists, and it might be more likely than not. But there is also a world which I don't think is being discussed enough that top level players don't stay top level players for a long time. And Rory McIlroy being in the top fifteen of the world rankings for a decade is an ab- that's an anomaly, right? And there is a scenario in which all of this takes so long to play out that. Like, okay, we kind of forget and move on from Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson, and they're going to be so far down the like, I don't, I just think that without a constant influx of context, contextual winners or highly ranked players in the world going to live, they're going to have a problems continuing to say, we have the best players in the world. Yeah, but do, do you not think that? that constant influx will still exist. Like I, th- I think there's a world in which let's take a, a mid thirties player, like who's a top 15 guy like Tony Finau and say six years from now, Finau is kind of, he's just like a tier worse than he used to be. He's not really competitive at majors. He gets an offer from live and goes over there. Well, he's still ranked 21 in the world or whatever. And then you, you sort of start the cycle. I'm not saying Tony Finau is going to live. And in fact, I don't think he would do that in that scenario, but he's just an example of like a, the type of player that they would be getting at that age. Um, so you, you almost have to re if you're live, you have to restart the cycle at some point to get it. Cause if it, if it's shut off, if it's closed, then yeah, you, you're not going to have anybody in the top hundred in the world. Even if you get OWGR points there, it's going to, it's not going to, it's going to be horrible. Like it's not going to be good. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a hamster wheel of signing relevant players. And with that, I mean, it's just constant cash outflow. And relevant is really only being created in two spots, the PGA Tour and major championships. Yeah. 
Well, I think the other problem they have when it comes to OWGR is, is the limited nature of their fields with the way the OWGR changed their, the way they distribute points. You get more points for a bigger, deeper field. This is why the Fortnite, Fortnite got, uh, whatever it's called, got more points than the BMW PGA championship. Cause they had, they didn't have more top 20 guys, but they had more top 250 guys. Right. right. And the the live is going to have a problem like let's say they expand their fields to be 75 or 80 well you're just you're you have a numbers problem based on the owgr's new formula and i think that's gonna they've, they've got a lot of issues that they got to work through and this sort of tour that they've purported to be the fun and you know like modern way to do things it might be actually what limits them from succeeding in the future. So, so that is a pretty good segue into kind of the final thought here. There's a comment, Jacob, from Tokyo Swan at 12:49. Or sorry, no, you have the right one. Uh, no, no, the one before that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It says I'm looking forward to all the live guys turning around and suing Greg Norman and live for lying about being able to stay on tour and play in major championships. I, I think and. Taylor Gooch and like we've heard it like I'm not sure a lot of these guys are we're 100% sure of what they got into and based on the communication that we've seen given to them uh it is not really aligning with what reality is for at least the first handful of months of this thing's existence I do wonder if this never gets resolved what direction these lawsuits end up going in I mean what's the big agency is it ESG GSE I think GSE yeah, that one. I mean, that could go under their golf practice if uh, if this pans out. But yeah, I, I don't see them suing live uh, unless you want to. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that. uh, that's probably a, a, an arms race to cash that you probably don't win. But it is it is interesting, right? I mean, I think if you gave some of these guys, Kyle, you know, if you gave them truth serum and you said, hey, Taylor Gooch, like, where did you think you'd be? in basically October 1st in all of this. And I'm not sure he's in the the same spot he thought he'd be in. I mean, he thought, well, first of all, (laughs) he thought he was only playing one event, right? Right. But him him and uh, I think it was Matt Jones were in Memphis. They were, they they were like on the, I don't know if they're on the putting green, but they were in the, in the area. Right. And so, yeah, I think, you know, I think sometimes we, I want to say this kindly, but I think sometimes we think that professional athletes or like when, when players are, when professional athletes are really good at something, we also think that means they're really smart and really funny. And like, we, we, we sort of transfer their goodness in a sport to all the other areas of life. And I just, don't know that that's true, especially with some of these guys in turn. There are some guys in golf that are super smart, way more intelligent than I am. I saw Sahith the is trying to get to like level 2000 on his like chess master thing. Mm-hmm. He would beat, he would beat me in like 45 seconds. Probably my eight year old son almost beats me. But a lot of these guys, they, they just, I don't think they just saw a bunch of money and they were like, Oh, well they'll, like there's some arrogance involved of like, Oh, they're not going to keep me out of the majors. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of permeates that sort of um, sphere of people. And then you end up where you're at right now, where it has become a big problem. And I could see them suing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the live thing is like, what are you going to do? Sue so- like the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? Like, right. good luck with where's that going to go? But there could be like a Norman or an agency, or maybe you're even your own agent personally that you sue and say, Hey, this is not what we like. It was kind of purported to be. Yeah. Also like what a character arc for Taylor Gooch, you know, <laughs> the, the guy who thought, Oh, it's just one event in London. And then I'll be back on the PGA tour. And now he's like, and Billy Horschel on Twitter and everything. It's he, he, yeah, he might not be the, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Come on, baby, let it out. No, no. (laughs) I can't, I can't do an an Oklahoma State guy like that. He told us, he told us he wasn't that bright himself. He said that. Yeah, yeah, he did. He he did, he, he did say that for sure. 
Uh, all right, gents. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you both checking in from uh, remote locations and getting this one done. Uh, Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald available on Twitter at Amateur Status. Kyle Porter, of course, can be found at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.